0: Good morning everyone and it's very nice to see you and thank you all for coming to the church this morning for worship and also thanks to Patricia Findlay who has uh, given up her time to lead us in our worship this morning I don't need to introduce Patricia to you because she's been here on numerous occasions so thank you for coming along today Patricia You're all very familiar with the measures that we have uh, during the the coronavirus uh, pandemic in the church here, but I think there are one or two new uh, people today for the first time. So just in case, very simply, at the end of the service, we leave by the vestry door here, keeping a safe distance. And there's a tray here on a chair if you want to leave an offering. and if you like the card in the pew where you're seated if there is a card if you turn it over and that just lets us know which pews have been used to make the cleaning at the end of the service so much easier. Now no doubt some of you will be wanting to know what's happening after today because as from tomorrow there has been a considerable easing of in fact, almost a removal of coronavirus restrictions announced by the First Minister last, uh, last week. Well, since then, there has been something from Church of Scotland, which is indicating, yes, that's fine, but in the church, maybe it would be a good idea, and in church buildings generally, to still keep safe distance. So for the next week or two, we'll just be keeping things as they are here in the church. A one meter safe distancing, and also wearing of masks during the service. And that'll be for the next few weeks up to the end of August, maybe everybody beyond, but you'll be kept very much informed. And it's quite simply using the pews which are allocated, which are available, and you keep out one metre away from everyone else. That's all there is to it, unless, of course, you're in a group where you can sit together. But the group should be one metre, and a metre is... (laughs) about that very straightforward thank you I'll hand you over now to Patricia
1: good morning morning. it's nice to be back with you it seems quite a while since I was here but it's nice to be back be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified for the lord your god goes with you he will never leave you or forsake you that's a lovely promise given in the old testament and still for us today we're going to sing our first hymn number four six five be thou my vision we're going to sing four verses of that this morning our prayers of adoration and confession god our heavenly father we praise you that we you have brought us together this morning to worship and to have fellowship with you and with each other as fellow believers fellow fighters and fellow team members in the christian race but lord Forgive us for the occasions when we have not made the time to do this, when we could and should have, for the times when other seemingly more pressing things got in the way of spending quality time with you, at home and at church. We praise you that you know each one of us, our strengths and our weaknesses, our needs and our desires, And you want us to come before you honestly, seeking your will for our lives. But Lord, this is also quite scary because these are the very things we hide and want no one to see. Forgive us for the times when we try to rely on our own strength and cover over our weaknesses. And other times when we have let desire take over from need. We praise you that you have a plan for each one of us and for our church in this area. Forgive us for sometimes not checking our plans with yours and letting you guide us in the direction we should go as individual Christians as well as a church together. We praise you that you have promised us that the rewards will be great for obeying your will. But Lord, so often it's hard to deal with the obstacles and difficulties which block the way and we forget how great the reward will be one day. Lord, we ask these things in the name of your Son who taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now our, our reader isn't available today, so I am the reader today and the reading is from hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. as for us we have this large crowd of witnesses around us so then let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way and of the sin which holds on to us so tightly and let us run with determination the race that lies before us let us keep our eyes fixed on jesus on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He didn't give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross. And he's now seated at the right-hand side of God's throne. Think of what he went through, how he put up with so much hatred from sinners. So do not let yourselves become discouraged and give up. For in your struggle against sin, you have not yet had to resist to the point of being killed. Have you forgotten the encouraging words which God speaks to you as his sons and daughters? My child, pay attention when the Lord corrects you, and do not be discouraged when he rebukes you, because the Lord corrects everyone he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as his child endure what you suffer as being a father's punishment your suffering shows that god is treating you as his children was there ever a child who wasn't punished by his father if you're not punished as all his children are it means you are not real children in the case of our human fathers they punished us and we respected them how much more then should we submit to our spiritual father and live our human fathers punished us for a short time, as it seemed right to them. But God does it for our own good, so that we may share his holiness. When we are punished, it seems to us at the time something to make us sad, not glad. Later, however, those who have been disciplined by such punishment reap the peaceful reward of a righteous life. Amen. And may God add his blessing to this reading from his holy word. And now we're going to sing a a little hymn uh, from CH4, Focus My Eye. game for you first of all this morning what is this it enables people to find identity purpose and companionship and to grow in confidence it shapes our culture our identity our cohesion our well-being our sense of self and our sense of place and society don't guess quite yet. I'll give you the, the, the best clue. People involved with this at the highest level are supposed to be the image of strength and stability, mental toughness, and victorious emotions. Anyone like to guess? I didn't quite hear what it was anyone else want to guess it has five letters begins with s i need the children here this morning don't i okay it's sport it's sport okay and many of you i guess have been sitting up late or getting up early to watch even though you don't play any sport or or, uh, you know, know any sport well. Sadly, this year, there are no fans to cheer on the Olympians in Tokyo in person, but still the show has gone on, and millions have watched all around the world. Even 2,700 years ago, when the Olympic Games began in Olympia, in southwest Greece, Every four years then, around 50,000 people came from all over the Greek world to watch and take part. So it's no wonder that the New Testament uses sport metaphors to illustrate points about the Christian life, which we will refer to today. An organization such as Christians in Sport, Athletes in Action, Sport Chaplaincy, and now even a Bishop for Sport libby lane who i quoted at the start by the way have realized the relevance and importance of making a link between sport and our christian faith and many top athletes are committed christians too and use their position to share their faith in words and in action so let's take a closer look at this by comparing sport and the christian faith under four headings, and using illustrations from one or two Christian Olympians competing this year in Tokyo. First of all, there's preparations involved, which require training and practice, determination and patience. And this has been especially hard for everyone, athlete or not, over the last year and a half. Then there's the actual race and competition in which strength and endurance and determination are key. There's always a coach or a mentor, the encourager who sets the tone and plays a vital part in spurring the competitor on. Then there's the finish line or the record setting, the goal, the tape, the prize, the medal, which is being aimed for. James reminds us that perseverance is required to stand the test. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he's stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Rigorous exercise and a gruelling regime are set up by the coach to keep the target set. It seems all very painful and demanding, but obviously and hopefully worth it in the end. And just as the athletes have to endure physical, mental, and emotional stress in order to achieve a high level of endurance, so do we as Christians to endure the trials of life in order to attain spiritual maturity. And we were reminded of this in our reading from Hebrews earlier. So in our Christian lives, we need to keep fit spiritually, making sure we spend time taking the coach's advice and persevering, even when things are tough. And here's our first Christian Olympian, won five gold medals in Tokyo this year. Caleb Dressel, taking the place of Michael Phelps. I really learned to see the fight at the end of the tunnel and trust what God is doing whether it be a rough point or a pinnacle in your life. When you avail yourself of God's grace and power, your comeback is always greater than your setback. Paul tells Timothy, Train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And Daniel Rowden, one of Team GB, who sadly didn't get through to win any medals, but still has good words to share with us here. My success is not dependent on how I run, how I perform. It's so much bigger than that. My success is determined by what Jesus did 2000 years ago. So we need to spend more time in prayer relying on God and not on our own strength to run the Christian race. We really need to study his word, to know his will for our lives and to know the rules to stick to. We need to pare down the things that prevent us from moving onwards in our Christian lives. How we spend our time, what we read, what we watch on TV. What are the things that draw us away from attending church regularly, from praying and from studying our God's word, which tempt our senses. After the preparations, there's the race or the competition itself. And Paul reminds the Christians in Corinth, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And he reminds Timothy that they need to compete according to the rules and mustn't run aimlessly and mustn't dwell on what's past. We do want to win the race and get the prize, but fairly and squarely. Are we sometimes half-hearted about our Christian faith? Do we think we can achieve it on our own? Nicola McDermott, another well-known Christian Olympian, jumping for gold and God in Tokyo, was one of the headings uh, in an article about her. And she says, I realised I'd put my identity into performance and achievement. Faith for me was realising that I'm loved regardless of performance. I do sport, but it's not who I am. She only won a bronze, but she has broken records all the same. To the church in Philippi, Paul says, not that I've already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which christ jesus took hold of me brothers and sisters i don't consider myself to have taken hold of it but one thing i do forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead do we sometimes focus on the past whether it be good or bad rather than on the present and the future Alison Felix, and now I have to change my heading on this PowerPoint because she now is the most decorated Olympic runner in history, not just on the verge of, and not just female. She's beaten Carl Lewis with now 11 medals to her name in Olympics, gold, silver, or bronze. And she says, I'm currently a work in progress, and like everyone else, I face struggles every day. My goal is to be more Christ like every day. I know I'm trying to be something different from some Olympic runners. Next, as Christians, we're reminded that there's someone who's achieved the crown before us, and he's also our coach, our mentor. He's waiting to applaud us at the finish line and award us a prize or put on the medal or ask us to kneel to receive the crown. That's Jesus Christ. As Hebrews said, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is sat at the right hand of God. You can't get higher than that. Is it not marvelous that God's son has run the same race as us? with its temptations, its difficulties and problems, but has shown us that it's possible to win. And he's undergone far worse than we ever will, so that we can win the same prize, the same goal. So it's not just one person that wins, or even two who lately shared the gold medal between them, do you remember, which some people criticised and other people thought that was a really good idea. To agree to share the gold medal it's not just a gold or a silver or a bronze not just three people who win we can all win thanks to Jesus and as Paul says I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus we can all receive a crown that will last forever the victor's crown, the crown of righteousness, the crown of life. And the Greek word for this is Stephanus, So that's where the name Stephen comes from. Interesting to think of the first Christian martyr like that, his name, Stephen. It could have referred to a royal crown here in um, Paul's passage. It could refer to a crown of authority or achievement or victory of the laurel wreath given to the winning athlete. It symbolizes glory and honor rather like our athletic cups or gold medals. However, the laurel wreath would be withered in days. And the cup needs to be passed on to the person who wins the next year. And you might not win that gold medal next time the Olympics come round. Perhaps the most famous Christian athlete of the past, Eric Liddell, said you do not have to be famous or skilled to make a difference for Christ. God only asks that you serve him faithfully and wholeheartedly in all you do. Honour God in all you do, and he will honour your obedience with a life that counts for eternity. Paul was able to say that he'd fought the good fight, finished the race, and kept the faith. Just think of his past history and his influence on others. Wouldn't it be lovely to be so certain of where we are going and what is promised to us? we can be. Even though they're also still human and can be disappointed, stressed and under pressure, Christian Olympians continue to challenge us to fight the good fight and to keep the faith. Like Paul did, in the ways in which they've made sacrifices, spent time away from their family, worked through mental health crises, which has been much more evident and talked about this time round, hasn't it? Pushed themselves to their physical limits, breaking their own limits, their own records in the past. They've been able to do so with a conviction of where their ultimate identity lies. They've used their platform to share about God's work in their life, even having a tattoo that says Jesus, or a verse from the Bible tattooed all down their arm and that they've given back in response to what they've achieved by inspiring other up-and-coming sports people, by starting projects that help children, giving them some self-esteem by using sport as something they can learn to play as teams. So they're great uh, inspiration to us. Let me conclude with these words Other words from Bishop Libby Lane, the Bishop of Sport, to us as Christians and to church members about sport and faith. Is sport a way in which we can spread the kingdom of God and the gospel? Why are the numbers of people participating in sport that the church currently has a poor record of engaging with so significant? Could we offer provision for people who participate in sport of all ages, which will serve their flourishing and well-being, as well as the common good? And should engagement with sport benefit not just the church, but be of good for the whole of society? And that might enable others to win the crown of life that is promised in the New Testament. Let's pray. May God search our hearts while we run this race. May God stand by us while we run this race. May God hold our hands as we run this race. And may God guide our feet while we run this race grace Amen and now we're going to have our prayers by Anne I believe
2: Let us pray. If the goal of the Olympic movement is to contribute to building a peaceful and better world by educating youth through sport, practice without discrimination of any kind, and in the Olympic spirit, which requires mutual understanding with a spirit of friendship, solidarity, and fair play, is this not what our Lord wants for us? When we say, thy kingdom come, Surely it would include these in its principles. Lord, help us to prepare ourselves through prayer and our actions to achieve the Olympian spirit to be mindful of others. Help us to offer the hand of friendship to all those in need who are lonely, bereaved or ill. Lord, make us instruments of your priests to bring hope, demonstrate our faith to others and help them to know the joy of your love. We ask for your blessing on the many refugees around the world living in such uncertainty. We ask that the world leaders take on the message of hope that the International Olympic Committee gave when it established a refugee team to participate in the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games. 29 athletes competing in 12 sports. A message that raises the plight of refugees, helps them to make friendships with those from other countries and then acts as ambassadors for peace. In this time of conflict between nations and factions around the globe, may we celebrate God and his love which brings humankind together as one. May his peace conquer conflict and may his love be more powerful than hate. Lord, we ask that you stand united with them in their time of need. Through us responding to charity appeals, and lobbying members of Parliament to bring about a fairer world. A world where equality and diversity are valued and respected. Different cultures are embraced and we offer the friendship to love our neighbours as ourselves. We are like the athletes competing in the Olympic Games. Help us to perform at our best, to use our talents for the good of others. As we take on the challenges you set for us, make us stronger in our faith and inspire others to see you the way that we do these challenges seem to grow larger as we see climate change impacting on our world your world we pray for those who are experiencing the dangers of the wildfires for those who have lost their homes loved ones and livelihoods we ask that you instill a sense of urgency in world leaders to act now, rather than setting targets for future dates, knowing that in all likelihood, they will not be met. Lord, we ask for your blessing on our minister, Paul. May he be refreshed from his holiday to take on the many demands of his ministry in your name. We pray for Rona and his family who support and enrich his life and that of the congregation, as we all adapt to the changes necessitated by COVID lord help us to head straight for the prize the best prize of all that is to be with you lord in all that we do and in all that we say as we struggle and work hard for the life that god has promised us we ask for his grace to empower us to be our best on earth and in heaven because his son jesus christ won the victory over evil and earned our place with him in eternity at the finish line let us see the great salvation Perfectly restored in thee, changed from glory into glory, till heaven will take our place. As we walk through the valley of death and the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for thou art with us, thy rod and thy staff comfort us. We ask all this in Jesus' name, your Son, who sits on the right hand of God. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you very much lovely prayers now i think we've got a new hymn that's going to set you dancing back down the aisle (laughs) as well as up the aisle when it was being practiced earlier on and we're going to sing i'll go in the strength of the lord heaven after victory won may we reach heaven's joys o bright heaven's sun heart of our own hearts whatever befall still be our vision o ruler of all and the blessing of god the father the son and the holy spirit be with us all and all those whom we love now and forever (laughs)